Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Get the PHT with me, Sammy. Me, Hannah. And me, Tom. This week, the episode is titled What I Wish I Knew Before University. So we're going to get some ideas of reflections and advice that we would give ourselves based on first year Sammy, first year Hannah and first year Tom. That's a throwback. That's not far for you, though. No. It's not, is (laughs) it? So, first of all, how was your week? I'll start off if no one else is going to... Um, you normally do, so... Specific. That's what I was waiting for. Um, I've been on holiday. I feel like I've said that a lot. I've been on holiday. Oh, I have been in this week. Oh, so maybe I've been on lots of holidays, actually. How long were you away for and where did you go, the lovely listeners? Um, No one's going to know where, because I went to the middle of nowhere. But me and my friends just went to a nice little house with a hot tub for a bit of a girly weekend. Um, Yeah, so it's good. Got back yesterday and did a bit of work in the evening, so I didn't feel too guilty. And now I'm back in. Lovely. That's all. Nothing related to work or your PhD then? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. Lovely. <laughs> oh, it's always important to have a nice relaxing week. Maybe take your mind off things. Mm. Spend time with friends and loved ones. Yeah, doing that too often maybe. <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> it it's sounds like it on the podcast, but I've only actually been on holiday twice, I think. And it's not even really been holiday. I think you just. I think in general, people just struggle with putting what they've it's done. Twice this weekend, especially with a PhD. Like we've said, putting into terms of what you do each week, it changes every week. It's not very, very easy to put into words what you've actually done. Mm, At true. least I think so. What about you guys? Uh, I've had a good week. Um, so, I suppose after the podcast last week, uh, Friday treat that went down <laughs> very well. I think. Uh, I'll be talking about that in a bit more detail in Procrastination of the Week for one or two reasons. I am shocked. Spoiler. There are pictures on Twitter of me with the uh, the Friday treat. But yeah, went down very well, I think. Nick was very impressed. <laughs> he uh, seemed to think it was better than the caramel stack, which, I mean, he set the bar so high, I'm very happy with that. Um, I had my PhD induction after a year of being <laughs> in my PhD. Uh, that was a bit strange that we were inducted first. Yeah, it's yeah. very odd. So I did that yesterday, so yeah, some tips and tricks and b- bits of advice and stuff, so that was good. Um, nice spread of, of lunch that was put on by the university, so that was very appreciated. Um, and today, as we mentioned in the last podcast, me and Hannah are doing some uh, lecturing for the mm-hmm. university now. So I had the first day of that today, uh, four hours, well, didn't last four hours, but four hours of lecturing, and yeah, it was a really, really Really good experience. Follow that, Tom. Looking forward to doing more. I don't think so. I I've, <laughs> I've had a very busy week. That's impressive. And I've been able to put it into words for once. I thought that was productive until right this second. <laughs> I mean, I spent the start this week like doing a little bit of a write up for a paper and just doing a ton of reading. I was really proud of myself. Yeah, until it's really now. good. No, that's really good. We all have our own, our own goals or own so things we need to work. Yeah, like it's just one like task when I think of it now. Yeah, you've done. Like, so many different tasks in one go. Uh, I get what you mean. Friday treat isn't really, a, like, that's not a thing. Uh, no, it's a thing, it's but it's not like a task. task. Yeah. The teaching is, like, I suppose the teaching is, like, I don't have to do too much around it. There's a bit of prep and preparing the presentation and the, the tasks and so on. But the only main thing that I've achieved, really, is going to PhD induction, which was a year late. <laughs> I'm sorry for unpicking my own unprodu- own productivity, but... Yeah, so I think you should be be happy with your progress towards your article. How many words did you say you had done yesterday? Um, I think I just scramble a thousand words together. They just very scrambled. Scramble, yeah, it's it's something. It's a starting point. Yeah, I managed to get like a thousand words down, but it's very scrambled. 
these bits of introduction, bit of conclusion, bit of why I wind in the middle. Just but it's something everything. to work with. It's a starting point. That's a tough bit for me to start in some Yeah, exactly. Well. Always making a start, and then from there you can perfect yeah. it and work on it. That's my little milestone hit this week, I think. Good. So I think we can agree we've had a productive week. Hannah's I not. I will have a productive end of the week. Okay, we're going to hold you to that. <laughs> you, you're here to hear first. We're going to hold you to that, but who knows if Tom's Friday treat is so good that maybe you won't be productive on Friday. Is it your turn for Friday treat? Yeah. I thought apparently so. I didn't know it that. Is. I didn't know Well, technically it's Julian's, but I don't know if Julian really... He doesn't really come in on Friday. He had mine, but that was only because I had so many of them. Mm. We were all surprised. And here's the jingle. What I wish I knew before university. Has anyone got a piece of advice that they wish they had or has something they knew? Has when anyone they got a came? kind of starting point, like maybe the earlier kind of phases, like picking or something like that? Would it make sense to go in kind of an I order? suppose one of my yeah. elements is have a plan B, I've said. Really? So I said to myself, I wish I had said to myself or knew myself that I need to have a plan B going into university. My aim and goal of going into university was to do my degree, do my PGC, and become a teacher, secondary school teacher. And that did not work out, as I've covered <laughs> in the podcast before. I think I was on the PGC for two months and dropped out quite quickly. And I was then left in the scenario of, well, what do I do now? Whereas I could have been in the scenario of, okay, I'll do plan B, which has happened to work out well, doing a master's, doing a PhD, getting into lecturing. But it, it, could, have, it could have been a smoother process. See, that could be better than any plan B you had, though. Mm-hmm. It could be further ahead now. Maybe, but I just... What were you going to say? Maybe now? from that, it's just kind of take things as they come. But have a plan, yeah, but don't get set on a plan. Yeah, I think, that, life. I think that's the thing. I probably, need, I, probably need, I probably needed a plan B, but I also needed to... And I'm, I've generally been quite good at it, I suppose, is just kind of going with the flow, like we said last week, and mm-hmm. being able to just take things as they come and not get into bogged down by maybe a negative spin on a situation because it's not like I was stuck in a rut from dropping out of the PGC I quite quickly realised I didn't want to do it and thought well what what do I need to do to get on the right track or get onto some other track of doing something with my future basically Yeah. so just having a plan B was was one of my own advices to myself so for me it was about I was uh, at home uni I, I didn't move out to come to uni I just stayed Cardiff Med, who's a pretty local one. So I always wonder, what would it be like to move out? Like you did from Bristol coming down to here. Yeah. I just wonder, like, did I miss out on a lot? And I just wish I looked into that side of it more. Because it's um, not so much regret, it's just, like... I suppose wonder. it depends what you think you could have missed out on. Yeah. Because I feel like moving away from home was good for me in terms of independence and, like, just little things like cooking for myself, wa- like, washing, and th- it's like just yeah. doing my own food shopping things like that is some things that obviously you sometimes take for granted when you're younger and like in your teenage years the main thing people say to me is like didn't you miss out on all the partying Uh, i've had a lot of that no i didn't miss out on all the partying i just stayed at people's houses and didn't pay rent (laughs) yeah that's true that is one way of doing it because you (laughs) you yeah you've stayed at home as well Mm -hmm. yeah there's no point i literally did 15 minutes i couldn't justify and there was no other university in the uk that offered my course so i kind of was yeah forced into it but i wouldn't have done that differently that forced is a good word yeah i think i think i'm quite happy the way i did things because initially my plan was to go to chester university oh 
and study education and drama. And uh, I went to the open day. It was like a four-hour drive up there from Bristol. And I kind of quickly realized, not quickly, but on reflection, I thought that's quite a long train ride whenever I have to come home. Mm. Whereas from Cardiff to Bristol is about a 35-minute train. Yeah. So going home so. at Christmas and things, yeah, yeah, it's really quick. So going home is like a lot handier and a lot cheaper. Whereas if I was coming back from Chester every now and then, it would be God knows what on the train, probably like four times the amount, and it would be like eight times the length of travel. So that was into my consideration. I wanted to move away. I wanted to get away from home just to have the independence to kind of do my own thing. But I kind of wanted to balance it with not being too far away. Turning that into advice, what you said, Tom, I guess I would say that everyone is different and don't be forced into an experience of university that you think you should have like everyone's experience will be different um and if you're not sure whether you want to live away then maybe pick a uni that's slightly closer that you could commute to if you did try it and it just wasn't for you yeah um i think some people are just more home comforts and really enjoy that whereas other people kind of need that freedom and need the experience of living on their own yeah i think some people might struggle with the setup of shared accommodation at Mm -hmm. university oh definitely and having to share a house with like four other people what if one of them's a messy person and doesn't wash up and simple things like that but then they're life skills that you need i guess dealing with people like that you'll yeah. find them across across your life well <laughs> so unless, for debate, you can avoid them people. unless you just completely mm. avoid them then yeah but i think it's it has its pros and cons i think yeah like you say the main advice is do whatever's right for you because mm-hmm. what was right for me was moving away yeah what was right for someone else i know someone in my degree who uh lived so they're from portpool so they lived at home first year, lived at home second year, and then moved down third year mm-hmm. because they wanted to move out. But yeah, I can so they moved to Cardiff for last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I did think just about to that get the experience. Year. I just couldn't justify moving when having a dissertation to do. Cause I, yeah, I got yeah. so much work, I can't move at all. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, I probably could have. Mm. Yeah, potentially. It kind of links back into what you were saying about have a plan B. Like it's okay if yeah. you move out and it doesn't work, you can commute if you haven't gone too far or move to another university i guess but yeah yeah it links back into that going with the flow and having a plan b c d e (laughs) all the plans all the plans (laughs) i guess kind of moving on from the before going to university points that we've just kind of discussed there would be the things whilst you're in university like during your three years um one piece of advice that I'd give anyone is to just get experience. I know some courses are more full on with others, but most uni courses are about what three days a week of like full lectures and then kind of like here and there. Would you say? I don't yeah, know about I you agree. two. Mine was. Really? It it completely <coughs> depends, but like third year, I know that you have dissertations due, but third year, I think I was in like mm-hmm. two full days or yeah. something. Like it wasn't. I much. always had a day off, so I would just say that go out and get some sort of experience whether that's more of like a hobby thing that you like to do doesn't necessarily have to be related to your degree but just really build your cv because things get busy after and if you haven't got that experience already then you're kind of going to struggle with like not necessarily but you'll probably struggle with getting a job so i agree with that i wish i worked more through my undergrad Mm -hmm. but as well as like the experience it's just like the hit of when your student finance comes the very end like that's gone then yeah like you need to find work mm-hmm. yeah. so you want to find something you can enjoy and you've got more chance of that if you've got like previous experience or showing an ethic to go and do work yeah that was one of the things i i noted down as a piece of advice i'd give myself is work experience yeah 
because I didn't actually have my first proper job, like paid job, until uh, the summer after, well, like the summer period after finishing my degree. Mm. So I didn't work throughout my degree, mainly because I wanted to focus on my studies. Mm-hmm. Which like exactly it the was same, yeah. it was good because it allowed me to put my all into my studies. But I had so much spare time that I could yeah. have easily still mm-hmm. done that and balanced it with something else. I think if you can leave university with a degree and a really good CV with experience, you're gonna you're gonna be better off. Just because more people are getting degrees now, so kind of you need to be differentiating yourself. Yeah, extracurriculars um, and like you say, hobbies. Yeah. And yeah, like it doesn't even have to be something that's really um, really related to your degree or like a charity or something really like yeah, you know. Yeah. It can be just a hobby or something fun, but just like have a bit of variation that shows like different skills. Um, but yeah, that would be a key bit of advice. I was quite lucky on my course that we had placements built into it. Mm-hmm. So I think that made me a bit more lazy with it as well because I had yeah. the experience being built up anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of, I think I had two or three work experience placements on my degree mm-hmm. in schools and And that's other becoming places. more common now on degrees across the board. So again, yeah. the same thing is that you need to differentiate yourself from the, from the crowd. <laughs> The next piece of advice that I would give myself and I've actually been offering as a piece of advice in the teaching that I've done in seminars today is um, when you approach an assignment, doing your research before you start writing. Because I know of quite a lot of my peers who would write an essay or a section of their essay and realise they needed something to back up a certain point and would then go and access the research, find a sentence in a book and use that. Just find the sentence that works for them and use that. Mm. And I don't think that that works very well as as a... almost like critical thinking or some kind of element of your building your academic skills is that you need to actually do research and a research process yeah and for your long-term development of knowledge that is not (laughs) not very good you won't retain much from just no exactly and i've i've done it every now and then where Mm -hmm. towards the end of handing an assignment i think oh god i just need to find a source for that so i'll quickly find something but i know that the quality of my work would have been much higher and hitting the higher marks if i'd have actually done the research found numerous sources weighed them up mm-hmm. analyzed them evaluated them pros and cons put them against each other what do, what does each of them say i just i just feel like it's really important that people remember it almost sounds like a quite a simple thing but researching before you write because otherwise you're limiting yourself because mm-hmm. if you write something and you only find something on that source you're missing like 80 percent of the literature but yeah. it goes against like the whole thing of a researcher, doesn't it? Like yeah. looking to confirm something instead of like disprove something. Yeah, exactly. Confirmation like is yeah. just going to be dangerous. You can have so many like skewed views and everything on like that. It's just not going to work well. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't I make things very valid or reliable. No. I think that'll just be how you access the higher marks. And I mean, another bit of advice that I'd give to kind of get the best out of your assignments and get them high marks would be to be critical of everything and anything you need to just question everything you read even what your lecturers are saying i know you kind of come to university and you're taught by these big lecturers with all the kind of letters after their name (laughs) but they're just they could be wrong just as anyone else like don't take what they say in just because they're in that position yeah that's the whole the whole beauty of criticality that was another big thing i thought when i started is that i saw lecturers as teachers but 
it's the complete opposite, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, calling yeah. lectures by their first names for a start just like yeah. just blew me out of the water. I was yeah. like, what's going on? But yeah, you will come across the kind of barriers of marking, I guess. That if you've got someone marking your assignment and you've kind of yeah. ripped apart what they say, it depends on who you've got as a lecturer because some people will take that as a learning curve and be like, wow, they've actually they've actually just proved what I said and they've got a really valid point there. Or there'll be the other side, probably more the minority that are a bit defensive in, oh no, that I said that, that's not quite what I meant or whatever. But I think you can kind of play that yourself. And well, it's the same with any research smart. you look at, isn't it? Like you don't know for definite what their views are when they're saying it. And you mm-hmm. there's the possibility of just thinking they're in the wrong perspective. Yeah. But it's the same with any other research. Like you could upset anyone if they saw the work. It just happens that the people marking it do see it. That's the, the only difference. Yeah, of course. It is quite a funny one to kind of approach because you don't really want to be critiquing or ripping up the the work of someone that's marking it. But as long as you did it in a in a, a like respectful a, way. Yeah, a respectful academic way of providing sources that go against it mm-hmm. and actually having a critical debate on it rather than just saying they're wrong. And in that critical debate bit, you would probably bring in the things that say that they're right actually or kind of back up what they did say yeah, yeah. so that would kind of be the way that you go about that yes you might disprove it and bring up all of these criticisms but they're if you're going to do the higher level of criticality you do need that other bringing it back to the point and actually it could be accepted because of a b and c so as long as you kind of balance your argument which is what you need to do with criticality right then i think that will be approached approach fine <laughs> So another piece of advice comes from recently graduating and kind of being of that age where all of my friends are the same age and we've all just graduated because we went straight through the system. Uh, What I would say is just to not panic about afterwards. Some people will have their life together, they will have masters set up, they'll have jobs and it goes all over social media and it looks really positive and that like as soon as you've got a degree, you should have a job. That's the dangerous thing, though, isn't it? Oh, Putting on social media, everyone's yeah. doing it. Because then I've got loads of friends, and I know loads of people who just don't actually really kind of know still what they want to do. They're still kind of finding their feet. Or when they were doing their degree, they kind of realised, you know what, I don't think this is for me afterwards. But then you see everyone posting on social media, I've got this dream job, I'm doing this. And it's kind of like that, mm, I don't want to say it mental health, but that kind of stressful add into your situation and everyone asks you like family and relatives like what are you doing now like you've got a degree what are you doing and it's kind of that stereotype that you should be like I'm doing this I've got this that and this and it's not necessarily the case so I think my main advice would be just don't panic about after you finish your degree you don't necessarily need to go into a job that's related to your degree you don't need to go into it straight away there's no stress like just find your feet and something will come about I think it links into imposter syndrome like we mm. touched on in one of the previous podcasts. You almost don't recognise that so many other people are going through what you're going through. Yeah. And someone who now has their life together has probably at some point in the past gone through the same process of what am I going mm-hmm. to do? It's that social media danger, isn't it, of the positives and negatives. Like nobody posts the bad things in life. Well, people are doing more well, so now. But generally you're not going to post like oh i've got my degree like i haven't got a job but do you know what i mean like a lot of people that is the reality Mm. um i think that's completely natural so just kind of don't panic it's fine there's no rush you're young i definitely panicked way too early i did like Mm. even before the exam started i was like okay i need something at the end of this like concrete set in stone so i can do my exams in peace yeah not stress over it I think that's one of the problems is that you i i know with uh quite a lot of like graduate schemes and graduate jobs 
you're told to kind of be looking at those almost as soon as you enter year three. And it's like... There's yeah. a lot of pressure in year three. Yeah, yeah it's... It's a big step because yeah. it's like the end of sixth form seven. When you go into uni, mm-hmm. that's a big step. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. the next big transition that you don't know what's next. Once you've got your degree, that's not going away. You've got that. Like, so spend time doing what you want to do, traveling. I think it's that only... Well, we're speaking of our age group, right? Like our kind of... 20, yeah. 21, yeah. graduating 22. But you've kind of got that time to do what you want and kind of explore and try different things even. Um, I mean, if you're speaking from a mature student, there's probably a slightly different theme. You probably come to university with a more clear goal of why yeah. you've come to university yeah. anyway. Or some kind of development so within your current mm-hmm. career. So yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's slightly different. But yeah, definitely just do not panic. Lots of people go through it and you will find something. It might take a while. The panic for me started before I had my grade. So mm. I was like dead certain I was going to get a 2-1. And then my grade came through in the summer and I had a first. So like all these possibilities I'd looked at before getting my grade, there were so many more I didn't even consider because I just yeah. didn't think I'd get the first. first yeah. Yeah. You just need to wait out and see what's going to be best for you. Mm-hmm. And let things change. Again, going back to the going with the flow, let things change. Like you might come to university with such a clear idea of what you want to do. And if it changes throughout your degree, that's fine. Like just go with it. There's plenty of like, um, what are they called? Are they um, transfer courses? No. What are they called when you do a master's, but it's like in a different subject area? Conversion. Conversion. Course. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm. Yeah, there's plenty of like conversion courses. Like it's okay to change your mind. The mm. undergrad is about the skills, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not so much the contents, the ability to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think how you so. so, following on from kind of the don't panic advice. Part of the panic that I think some people go into, and I actually did as a, as a comfort blanket after not knowing what to do when I dropped out of my PGC, was enrolling onto a master's, MA education, in my case. And I think that quite a lot of people choose to do a master's because they don't know what to do, and they kind of think, oh, I'll just stay in higher education, kind of stay in school almost kind of approach. You still get student loans. I think, if anything, Wales has upped the student loans for a master's recently. So Yeah, just after I had mine. There's <laughs> <laughs> Typical. So there's even more incentive. You can do it without having to get a job. Obviously, masters can be beneficial. You can learn more. You can develop your skills and your knowledge further. They're even more part-time based. Like they're almost one or two, one day a week almost. Mm-hmm. Most of them anyway. Uh, mine was. Yeah. It was research based. It was come in one day a week and then yeah. go do your research. So obviously then you could balance that with a part-time job and actually start to think about certain careers that you maybe want to go into. But I... I start thinking maybe do we need a master's and I know mm-hmm. that you've been thinking about this a little bit, Tom. Yeah, I mean, when I look back on mine, it's it's not so much a development of the skills, it's just showing that I have them. Like it's a demonstration of it. Yeah. But yeah, the skills that you needed to complete my masters weren't anything that I think would have struggled with people who got good undergraduate degrees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's hard to explain, but it was a lot different to what I thought it'd be. I thought the masters was this next huge step, this massive accomplishment when I got it. And after I did, I just didn't see many other job opportunities that the masters helped out, really. Yeah, I feel like there's quite a few masters now. Like, almost everything has a masters after it. Yeah. And I don't think there's many job specifications. Specifications? Specifications. Is that what it is? Specifications. Should I do that thing again? What no, that's say? fine. Mm-hmm. The way no, you're going to have to. The way it's advertised, though, is that Masters is just about like specifying your interests, like showing the field you want to go into, sort of thing. But then you have masters like education. 
Yeah. I know I'm still touching it. She's yeah, I'm just I using for this point. Like, how is that being any more specific than doing education and drama? It's not really. I suppose it just keeps your options open. But like yeah. Amber did sociology as her degree, mm-hmm. and now it's doing education as a master. So she's gone from the study of society as a whole to education. So she's kind of narrowed it down slightly. Yeah. I think it's the whole point of you then still have the option of going into anything in education pretty much. Mm-hmm. But you have a master's to demonstrate that level of thinking and that level of knowledge. I just don't think at the moment there's many jobs that ask for a master's. So I think really consider I think to do a master's. I think the don't only just thing, go into it. The only thing I can personally, in my point of view at the moment, in my own situation, see the master's that has done what is done for me is getting onto the PhD and not having to do any kind of enfil transfer yeah. on the PhD. If that's the path you want to take, it's probably much easier because to get a PhD without the only The only thing that the extra skills that I've done, kind of going off what you, Tom, said, is that the only demonstration of those skills in anything really recently is the tra- research training review on the PhD. Yeah, And being able to demonstrate that you have that level of research methods knowledge and you don't need to do some kind of top-up or some kind of piece of work to demonstrate it. I mean... That is the way I see it. Like my master's helped me massively to get onto this PhD. Yeah. Because it was based in research methods. But they weren't research methods that I necessarily couldn't do before. Oh yeah. They yeah. just like specifically shown, okay, I can do that and to a good level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do yeah. it while making deadlines and doing other sort of modules yeah. and tasks. Well they say that masters typically is like ten percent harder than a undergrad in terms of marks. So mm-hmm. I suppose and they've also upped that. they've also upped the fail. So fifty percent. So you have to get fifty percent in a master's to pass. So I mean, I think that's fair. I would vote forty a bit I low. Think, yeah. If you think you get sixty at undergrad, you'll get fifty at masters, just as like a generic example. So it's it's quite a good level. It's just like you say, it's almost just a qualification that you need to just put on your CV to show it. So it really depends what your career yeah. thing is. And I know people don't know when they come out of their degree, so I wouldn't advise jumping into a master's because I think it can be a I wouldn't colossal waste of time if it's not relevant in your field. Yeah, If it's not relevant, yeah. Like for, my, for me, I went to do a PhD since I was really young. Mm-hmm. I knew that having a master yeah. of research opposed to a master of science or master of arts would have been a lot better for me to keep PhD options mm-hmm. in the future if the opportunity came up. Yeah, for your Luckily progression, it, did, but I didn't know. it makes perfect sense, like what you've done. But there's just so many masters out there that I don't think link particularly well to jobs. Yeah, just scrolling through them on like a uni website or something, mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking, how do so many of these exist? Like the specifics yeah. of it. Like, fair enough with the skill side of things, but the amount of jobs that need to be there for these masters to be like that much use to everyone, mm-hmm. it's going to be I extremely it, difficult. I think it feeds into the kind of like consumer market development marketization of higher education yeah universities are now driven towards the the customer and offering all those different masters means that they'll have more people attending the university and more fees coming in which isn't a negative but that's the whole point is that if somebody for some reason out there needs a certain masters to progress in their their career or gain some higher knowledge or skills the university will offer it if there's demand then they'll supply it basically I think mature level master's students, again, is a different situation because you've yeah, gone you out into the world and yeah. you've realised that you need it. Like so on my edu- ed- MA education, there was a lot of teachers mm-hmm, who were like currently teaching yeah. and needed it to be like head of year, head of department, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. That makes more sense to me. But I think just if you panic straight after undergrad, don't necessarily think about master's. It's not always 
but always the best. Yeah. <laughs> Procrastination of the week. Just a disclaimer that there is no theme tune to this this week, as Sammy rudely left in my <laughs> off off the it's fine. <laughs> off the record on, little song. <laughs> it was just last week that you did your little jingle for it's it. Special edition. I did not know that was being included. <laughs> okay, we can cut and edit that back in anyway. Yeah, maybe. No, thank you. We'll try and add it in for this one. So, uh, after the Twitter poll from last week, we have, oh, the, let's results have the results of last oh, week's, oh, last week's procrastination of the week. I only just remembered. So, we ended up getting a total of 32 votes. I think that's quite good, especially because we weren't allowed any personal... Yeah, personal nobody that um, we know was allowed to vote, so that probably limited about maybe 10 votes yeah. or something. So 32 votes, there's still a day and seven hours left on it. You just have a disclaimer that we know 10 people between us. <laughs> no, but like people like <laughs> family, like partners, like people that would All have of been Sammy's like other Twitter accounts or five of Sammy's. <laughs> <laughs> Or <laughs> people that we would have actually said, oh, you can go. I'm not going to go asking all my Facebook friends, oh, go vote on this for me, please. Like, I wouldn't put it past you. No. You get very competitive when it comes to procrastination of the week. Said the one in the office who was getting extremely excited that she has now moved on to more points than Tom. Well, spoiler. Yeah, a little spoiler. So, 32 votes. There's still a day and seven hours left. Well, but no, that was my that was my bad. I set the timings wrong. No digital competency. So. We asked uh, people to help us resolve whose procrastination of the week was the best. And uh, in last place was me with all things football. Respectable. Thank you. I had 16% of oh, the Do your own cool. maths. I don't know how many people that is. Uh, watching many TED Talks, Thomas Morris came in second place. Oh, I don't like to be four names like that. With 37% of the vote. They call scam. With an outstanding 47% of the vote. Oh, and winning nice last day. week's procrastination of the week point is Hannah with writing a tweet for an hour. I think there's a slight bit of bias that people are voting for this on Twitter, so writing a tweet for an hour is very targeted towards towards the the demographic. (laughs) So that now now puts Hannah on to three points. It sure does. I stay on three points, and Tom languishes at bottom with two points. I got a guilt trippy one this week. Oh. oh, here we go. Oh. Pulling okay. out the big guns yeah. to get Do you want to go first then? Yeah, you can go first, Tom. Well, on the weekend, it was Storm Dennis, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was Crazy really storm. bad where I live. Like, I've shown you pictures, like, both of you. It was bad, like, up to second story of some people's houses. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. bad, yeah. So my procrastination of the week has been looking through all of these different pictures and videos of, like, people jet skiing along rugby pitches and canoeing down the middle of a dual carriageway and somebody trying to walk through a car park a downhill car park I, where yeah. it got deeper and deeper that just says everything about your your town <laughs> i mean that's no joke i was gonna say valley's people but <laughs> you can crop that bit out no, we'll, that, we'll let people know the no. real hannah but yeah but no, no the we'll big 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 turmoil oh, and now we got to get sleeping it. Put that in. yeah put that see if i want anything <laughs> taken out after the big 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 I can vouch for this. Tom was in the office uh, on Monday and was showing me numerous pictures of floods and football pitches that were completely underwater. Like, it's just so bad. Like uh, You can't expect stuff like this to happen. Well, like, it's like you said, par- parts of the valleys where, like, obviously the mining was big and things like that, the, the, the infrastructure put in place to deal with things like that is still very dated. 
and yet yeah a lot of them like you were saying that some parts are like bowls where everything dips into one place of course that's going to get flooded. my secondary school right at the bottom in the middle exactly oh of course God. that's going to get flooded and yet nothing has been done to solve it because there's either not the funding or the funding's not been put in place it's yeah. outstanding that so many places have been so affected by it yeah even like the actual village where i live now there are loads of people like comment on facebook or whatever just saying has anybody checked like the um the tip essentially because one of the mountains is just all like old coal landfill like all the bits that they don't need just pushed it under a mountain pretty much and like it hasn't been checked for years apparently but the last recommendation was to improve its structural integrity and someone said that that's never been done so then everyone started panicking like okay the landslide we just seen like a couple of miles up could be happening by here as well so that's not good yeah stories like this just dragged me and i started looking at so many like different people like lives being affected now yeah it's took a lot of time out of my week might be it might take more this might be a procrastination next week as well with storm ellen and storm francis i think it is that may be coming on the way i think storm ellen is expected uh in about four hours i think isn't it in the reports wednesday 6 p.m that was the last thing i seen whether yeah. it's still happening i don't know who knows but you might have more videos to share with us on more flooding. Potentially. So, Hannah, what was your procrastination of the week? I don't really want to follow that now. <laughs> yeah, I told you. I got a guilt trip on. Okay. Well, considering I've been away from Monday, Tuesday, and we recorded last week on Thursday, I've and technically... Oh, uh, you weren't away Friday. Then. ...only had yeah. Friday and this morning. My memory's not good enough to remember Friday. <laughs> so we're quite limited, so but yeah. We're very limited. But today we have fallen down a bit of a rabbit hole with office chats. I knew you would so use this if I didn't. It does include you all, but I also participated and neither of you have used it. Can I ask why you didn't just use the fact that you weren't here for Monday and Tuesday? Because you told me off last time. You said that I've got to be in the office. It's got to be your work time. But like a workspace. That's two days where she could have been in work and wasn't. But yeah, holiday. but did she take it as holiday days? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I don't care if you've got a worse procrastination, then it means you won't get a point, so that's fine. Keep going. Well, basically, we just kind of chatted for an hour today about random psychology studies. Yeah, evolutionary studies. I was giving you guys some good book recommendations. Which you recommend you us one book recommendation. Sapiens, very good book. Just like a million pages long. 400. So you now want us and to procrastinate. You're promoting so procrastination. I think we procrast- yeah, we procrastinate. Yeah. Uh, we procrastinated in chatting, and then I encouraged further procrastination. So, that's mine. Average. It's poor. Yeah. So, my procrastination of the week, uh, obviously I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is Friday treat. Top five Friday treats, I reckon. I made, I'll, I wish I could, but I don't think we've had five yet. Have we, or have we had five? I've done we two. Have. You've done one. You've done I've one. Done one. one. Yeah. Ah. Well, the top five <laughs> are the five that we've done. So after Nick's caramel stack, um, I felt like I had to kind of follow suit and go a bit all out uh, for Friday treats. So I made Oreo and marshmallow brownies. So it was a brownie layer, a marshmallow and crushed Oreo layer, a brownie layer, and then another marshmallow layer with bits of Oreo on top and dark chocolate on top of that. Uh, and I spent about four and a half hours making these. <laughs> That's a lot longer than I was thinking then. Yeah, it took me quite a while. Uh, I had to bake two different sets of brownie, and I only have one baking Hannah could do four tweets in that time. You could. I could. That makes it sound <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, I then had to bring the... This doesn't 
add to the procrastination. It just adds to the wow it, factor. The wow factor is that I then went to the effort of putting it in a Pyrex dish, putting it in a carrier bag and bringing it all the way into the office on the bus. And then on Friday, every time somebody wanted their Friday treat, I would go into the kitchen area, wash up the plate and the spoon for them, put it on the plate and take it to their desk. Singular plate. I was bringing, I was bringing, uh, I was doing, uh, I was doing table service for the Friday treat to add to the, to the ambiance of the experience. Give it a solid five out of ten. Okay, well, I think I'm out of the wins for this week. Are we not going to do another Twitter poll, or I think I'm out. You just think that yours isn't even worth calling you already. Just between <laughs> you two, then, or you decide between just you. Just chuck them all up. It's fair. Yeah, we'll put them all up. You never know. Okay, okay. Maybe. Dream, dream the impossible dream. Okay. So there'll be another poll on our Twitter at Get the PhD. So if you want to go and engage with that for whatever reason, you can. Uh, we'll hopefully try and get more votes than last time. Hopefully, get uh, some more people engaging with it, and we'll see who gets the point this week. Just a little, another update. So Hannah's on three. I'm on three. Tom's on two. So Tom needs to win this to move back joint. That'd be quite quite impressive if after nine nine episodes, well, ten episodes, we would all have three points. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? Sounds like a four. Didn't realise we were that fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so thank you for listening to episode nine of Get the PhD. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye.